Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and while the road goes on, the cat in the moon will make a flight to the Ford in order to lament for Moria. Now, if the golden wood is now and all for always, then the ki- city of kings will forever be the star of Arendelle. Also, watch out for the siege of the city of kings just near Lothlorien. Joining us today are the usual elves, dwarves, and hobbits, including Kevin Gollum Jager. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. That that fits me. <laughs> okay. uh, Kimberly, our the Song of Hope game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour, is not here today, but obviously wanted to shout her out. Uh, and with us today are a gaggle of minstrels. They're members of the Fantasy Tavern in New York City. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to friends of the show. Friends of the show. Emily Johnson, Erde, and Nicholas Mayfield. Like I usually do like a Jock James moment here is like the beginning, but I feel like I should do like a minstrel, like like a sick flute solo is what we yeah. like to hear. Like a fight yeah. even, like a fight. Yeah, <laughs> like the sick pan flute. Rock. I forgot my pan flutes, guys. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're going to end the episode now then. <laughs> well, happy Halloween, I guess. Bye. Yeah. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, for those of you wondering, that intro was songs from the musical The Lord of the Rings that they put up in uh, in London. But uh, <coughs> we are thrilled to have members of the Fantasy Tavern here with us for our Halloween episode. Ooh. Ooh. <coughs> um, but uh, yeah, before we get started, um, I'd love just for our, our listeners so that they uh, recognize your voices, um, would love for you to just say your name uh, and your, uh, you know, your involvement with uh, the Fantasy Tavern. Slay! My name is Nick, he, they, uh, and I am both one of the cast of the Fantasy Tavern. I play Harlequilinius, uh, a wizard of whimsy, a sorcerer of slay, and a mage of mirth. Um, and I am one of our immersive hosts for the Tavern. Um, and I also happen to be our company's social media director. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm Emily Johnson Erde. I'm a composer, performer, and I play Grian of the Holler uh, in the Fantasy Tavern. She's a witch, a potion brewer, uh, and I'm also the music director for all of our shows. That's wonderful. Um, I'm excited to deep dive more. Oh, Kevin, what are you in the Fantasy Tavern? Sorry. I I need to know. In my fantasy of the Fantasy Tavern, um, I'm... I want to say that I'm like a really sexy fairy, but mm-hmm. like I'm obviously the ogre in the tavern who like 
thinks he's the fairy and everyone's like pretending that he's the fairy so they're like nice to me but like everybody knows that i'm actually a giant ogre well maybe so even within a fantasy world you have a fantasy correct i'm living in my own fantasy in a fantasy world that's what we're about i love it yeah. spectacular um but uh, before we dive into the fantasy tavern, we'd be, before we we mix the cauldron up, um, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Uh, Nick, let's start with you. Um, I am drinking a tall gin and tonic out of a commemorative Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 glass um, that uh, is from mine and my roommate's uh, Broadway glass collection. Um, and then I'm staying hydrated with a bikini bottoms up glass of water from the opening night party of the SpongeBob musical on Broadway. Oh, uh, we could not be more thrilled with your cup choice. And I, I really do want to shout you out. Uh, for saying the full Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 um, uh, title. Uh, here on Broadway, Sid, uh, we do not shorten titles. We uh, don't. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, if I wanted a Great Comet, I would go to, like, a telescope. I want yeah. the full story. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, Emily, what are you drinking? Well, I've got this like gin and ginger ale situation over here, but it's in this really cool rainbow steel sort of gay glass. I love it. That's what I got. I love it. Kevin, what's in your steel glass? Um, So I've decided to like finally put an end to my, what, what has it been, eight month margarita pitcher I've just been keeping in my fridge and just refilling. Yeah, I was going to um, say, let's be clear. You do refill it. You didn't make I a do. batch eight months ago. I picture it like that perpetual stew that people keep adding into and you never yeah. empty out. Yeah. Like you just or go like, to a park and let people pour things in it. Yeah. <laughs> or like, if this like is like people... a mad... No, go ahead. Go ahead. If this is like a magically refilling picture of Margarita, the Fantasy Tavern might need to uh, come chat with you later. Oh my God, mm. that would be the best thing that could ever happen. Or like, you know how people have bread where like they put it on their counter for like a week and then they have like four loaves of bread and then they separate and give to other people. And then like they get more bread. Like if you just leave this bread, it keeps going forever. It's like Amish bread or something. I don't know, but it's like, I wish that would happen with margarita bread. I mean, yeah, bread, the gremlinification of margaritas. A hundred percent. I decided that. that like end of October is like, it's time for me to stop having a constant margarita pitcher. And so I um, am finishing that off. And then I was thinking of maybe doing like a mold cider pitcher, but like that takes, that takes a lot of work. Have you ever like looked up how to make mold cider? I mean, like, yeah. He's like, use the stove and shit. So yeah. like, yeah, so I basically I'm just going to buy apple cider and yeah. then pour rum in it and see if that also works. I think it's great. <laughs> At Trader Joe's, you can buy the uh, already spiced apple cider. So that would even, that would even expedite it. There you go, Brian. Let's yeah. make things easier. Get drunk. I love it. <laughs> yeah, get drunker more deliciously. I love it. Well, cheers, everybody. And I'm drinking. Cheers. Uh, I'm drinking the high noon. They're, they have a new tequila seltzer. Mmm. Lime flavored. But yes, cheers. Cheers. Clink. I packed. I'm so I'm so jealous because I packed all of my um my uh show glass collection away and i just haven't unpacked it like it's because we have other glasses but i'm so jealous of your glasses that i, I think i need to bust some of them out it's very like fun i had to sort through three different and juliet glasses that i considered getting because my roommate was like you can tell what show i love to keep drinking at <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's funny yeah kevin and i have some phantom glasses 
um, because we won the lottery for Phantom of the Opera. And uh, I had you, I had never seen it before on Broadway. Yeah, you'd never seen it on Broadway. So we had like three full glasses of red wine front row. We got hammered. And then we made friends with these people who are on their honeymoon from Montana. <sighs> and we invited them on the podcast to talk about like their first Broadway show, but they didn't, they didn't take. Do you remember that, Kevin? Yeah, I, I, I forgot that you pitched them the podcast. But Blackout, drunk, really- and intermission. It, she, this girl, like literally, she was like, she was like, this is my first trip to New York City. All I've ever wanted to do was to come to Broadway and see the Phantom of the Opera. And so, like, he made that happen for their honeymoon, and it was so adorable. And both of us were just sitting there being like, "This was a Thursday. Brian won the lottery. <laughs> we, went we went to like a Mexican restaurant and got like kind of drunk, and then came straight to the theater and kept drinking. And we're like." This is really like a perspective moment because like we're getting to see people we know on stage like and like just kind of be like this is cool we're seeing the Phantom but like this is her moment and it's happening on this like Thursday evening where we are just like having like a like a fun like cheat drink day of the cool week. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so fun. Um. So now I have to break out my glasses. But let's talk about the Fantasy Tavern. Can you? For those of our listeners who don't, I'm assuming that most people can kind of guess what it is, but like, I'd love for you to kind of fill out uh, our, our our knowledge base uh, with what the Fantasy Tavern is, because it's super cool. Yeah, we describe it as half show, half party. So the setting of the Fantasy Tavern is obviously the Fantasy Tavern, and you and your friends uh, will walk into the tavern and be greeted by a cast of fantastical characters. We have Grin, the elven healer and witch. We have myself, a wizard. Um, we have a, had a pirate. We have had a tiefling. We have had a goblin. Um, we've had all sorts of different characters. Uh, and it really is a mix of uh, elements of a party and elements of a show. So there's sing-along that we do throughout the night. There's games where we'll pull audience members up on stage. Um, But a large portion of the night is really just like drinking, meeting people. There are quests that you can individually go on that are all tied to the individual characters. Um, And yeah, it's really just uh, a blast. Well, half show, half party is how I describe Kevin to people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) True. That's amazing. Uh, and how long have both of you been doing this? I've been on the project for coming on a year now, actually. Cool. My first show was last November. Yeah, and I think for myself, it's been about a year and a half. My first show was um, early summer of last year. And this is this happens um, every single month, correct? Yes, that is correct. It's every single month. Um, I'll go ahead and say that our next show, as of as of Halloween, will be our December second Yuletide Magic Holiday Spectacular. Um, and uh, after that, going into the new year, we are the third Saturday of every month. Um, okay. So we will be monthly ongoing. Uh, the venue is Caveat on the Lower East Side. They're a really awesome theater venue. They host a lot of comedy shows and concerts and great stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so we've been going monthly for about two years now, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you can go every single month and have a totally different experience, right? Yeah, so we lean heavily into theme for each show. So um, honestly, one of my favorite shows that we ever had was our most recent one. Um, We kicked off October with uh, a Halloween-adjacent, we called it the BBEG, the Big Bad Evil Gala, and it was a night of villains and rogues. And Emily, I'm sure you could speak to it as well. It was just absolutely fun. 
everyone had just the most amazing time being their best and worst selves. I also, my favorite part about that show was, um, uh, we get a lot of folks that come in costume to the show. So we really encourage mm-hmm. it as a costume party. Um, and you're welcome to either come in something that feels fantasy adjacent. So we have folks that come in garb, maybe that they've worn to the Renaissance fair or sure. uh, a fun costume that they've had in their closet. But we also get a lot of folks that come to theme. Um, some of my favorites from the villains show included Daenerys Targaryen, cool. the fairy godmother from Shrek 2, uh, the five-headed dragon Tiamat from Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Um, and then we had some Disney classics. We had Cruella DeVille. Uh, we mm-hmm. had Captain Hook. Um, it was it was great. Oh, we had Loki, President Loki specifically. Of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. That's super cool. Um, and Emily, can you talk a little bit about to the about the music element um to the shows? Because um your music directing, I, I'm just curious how you weave all that in. Yeah, we draw from everything we can, everything that is nerd adjacent. So that could be pop covers or little snippets of pop covers. Um, sometimes it's like Ren Fair songs. Sometimes it is sea shanties. We'll get um, some show tunes there every now and again, especially with me involved. And uh, like we did the Fairly Odd Parents theme song, but like jazz. Ooh, that was for our uh, our fae and fairy themed show. Cool. So we had to give a shout out to the most iconic fairies of all time, Cosmo <laughs> and Wanda. <laughs> most iconic fairies of all time was also uh, being my friend's nickname in high school. <laughs> so obviously there's the show element for entertainment and obviously there's like the party part for the fun. But like what is like your main purpose like that you hope people walk away from like the experience of coming to fantasy tavern with yeah i would say community has been one of my favorite recurring themes um as people have come up so uh we have had a lot of folks that have come on their own for the very first time to the tavern and then end up meeting folks there that they then become regular recurring groups with um we've had a lot of communities from outside of the tavern from like adjacent worlds that have decided to come and make it like a recurring group outing um one of my favorite things has ever happened that I think sort of sums up my feelings towards the tavern um, is one of our earlier shows. We had uh, a group of six that was sitting at a table um, and they were all dressed up. So I was very excited to play with them. And I was like, oh, like what um, from what realm do we hail today? Like what 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 brings our adventurers here? Um, and they uh, indicated to me that they were a regular D&D group. So they met weekly to play Dungeons and Dragons and they were all dressed in their characters from their campaign. And they actually then pointed to the person that head of the table and said this actually is to celebrate one year of us adventuring together so we surprised our friend here and they showed a video of of it later they met for their weekly campaign um like early early in the morning they got there the dm had everything all set up all normal and then they go great we're so sorry we made you set up everything but you have to put it all away now and also uh our friend works at a costume shop and you have to put this on right now um so she put on the costume and got told we're going on an adventure and they dragged her out to the tavern and it became like their one year anniversary celebration. And I um, was deeply in character and had to do everything in my power to indicate uh, love and pride without weeping on the floor. Because <laughs> That's amazing. That was just That's so beautiful. And they first uh, met doing, they first started advent- doing D&D together over Zoom and then eventually started doing it in person. So sure. the idea that this thing that, has been, you know, been able to be fragmented to a 
uh, largely digital space or a remote space, the fact that it's like so in person just really warms my heart. That's amazing. Um, I guess that that leads me to ask you, you know, before joining the Fantasy Tavern, were you into D&D, fantasy, um, outside of just kind of like blockbuster movies, like Renaissance festivals? Like, what was your relationship with that before you became fully immersed in it, uh, you know, on a monthly basis? So for me, D&D got me through the pandemic. It is a big, big part of my life. And one of the reasons that I found myself drawn to the Fantasy Tavern was a combination of, you know, searching for auditions specifically by searching the word banjo on backstage. Just like, if it doesn't have banjos, I don't know if I'm interested. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and so that's where I found the Fantasy Tavern. And I was like, okay, so it wants me to sing songs, check. It wants me to be a D&D nerd, check. It wants me to like things like the Ren Fair and nerd culture and Pokemon. And I don't know anything about Pokemon, but I got the Ren Fair. And this thing was just absolutely up my alley. And... It's just incredible. Uh, myself and um, a few of my close friends now, people I consider family, um, we met working at a Renaissance Fair contract like five or six years ago. So we were immersive actors working at the fair. Um, and through them, I got exposed to d and I, ha- I hadn't actually gotten to play it before. I assumed that it was something that wasn't really in my interest. And then I realized that it was just like, storytelling and role-playing. And then through that, we actually started to explore a bunch of other role-play games. So I found my favorite role-play games are actually not D&D, but there's a lot more that like lean heavily into the improv aspect, into the, Mm -hmm. if it's fun and funny, you're playing the game, right? Um, And then through that, the Fantasy Tavern just sort of emerged from the creative team, basically being like, we love some of this performance aspects that the Ren Fair has when it's immersive, when it has all these big sing-along moments, that sense of IRL community. We love the themes of D&D, and it's also something that so many people, more, way more people relate to than we thought. But over the past decade, it's just rapidly risen in um, in popularity. And it's great from a pop culture perspective. Cause actually one sure. thing at the Renaissance fair that's sometimes sort of tricky is like, yeah, you're in 1580, whatever, or something like that. There's, there's a little bit of adherence to a world, whereas we've gotten to really lean into the fantasy element of it and sure. do like whatever we want. We have had Santa Claus show up at a show before we've done the fairly odd parents theme song. I, uh, uh the reason Emily mentioned Pokemon is because I have strongly encouraged us to have a Pokemon <laughs> reference whenever available, because it's one of my favorite pop culture things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Actually, do you know where else you can role play? Go uh, on. You're going to tell us, I hope. Tuesdays in, in the, the corner, corner with Kevin. Kevin. It's Kevin's corner. Kevin's corner. <laughs> Thank you God, know. this is my favorite corner. You're welcome, because it's really the best corner, because it's my it's corner. It's little corner. So we get to do whatever I want in this section of the show. Um, and so I get to surprise everybody every week with the fun things that I come up with, which are awesome, obviously. And so this week, since it's a spooky Halloween episode, and because we are talking about um, fantasy stuff, and because you brought up Disney villains, which I love, um, we are going to do a witch, which is witch gauntlet. <gasps> okay. So the way it's going to work. I'm so ready. I am so, I am so ready. I have played this, uh, uh, I don't know what the rules are, but I have played this game with my friends and I just had to say <laughs> that I am overcome with joy. We're basically- I am not to- ready, but I am willing. You're, you've got this, I promise you. So we are going to, as a group, come up with eight like Disney witches and then the two of you 
are going to go back and forth and say which, like, which you think would, like, fall in battle of all of these witches fall, like, falling. So basically, you're going to go back and forth and say in order. I think, like, I think that, like, if we were doing, like, uh, Wizard of Oz, you'd be like, I think that Glinda would fall first. And then so she's gone. She's out of it. And we're going to keep going down until you guys finally decide by going back and forth which witch would make it all the way in this gauntless battle of the witches. Okay. All right. We first have to come up with the eight witches. So, so Kevin, I, I have a witch question for you. Okay. The witches. Yes. Do they need to be villain witches or can they be non-villain witches? Oh, that's a good question. No, they can be good witches. I mean, that's boring, but they can be good witches. It's Rabbit the classic question. Uh, Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Bad witch. Yeah, it's the one binary I stand by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's start with Nick. Nick, give me a witch. Marnie, the main character from the Disney Channel original movie Halloween Town, Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge, and Halloween Town High. <laughs> Love it. She's a good witch. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. That's a great witch. <laughs> Emily. I mean, hell, let's do Elphaba. She's been purchased by the Disney properties, so we'll do Elphaba. Uh, Wait, do they have to be Disney? I forgot a rule. They don't have to now because it's fantasy world. We can do whatever we want. It's my corner. Woo! Okay. Um, I will throw in a witch. And I am going to throw in, um, who's, I'm like, they're all evil and great, but are they all witches? Uh, Madam Mim from, oh, that's Store great. The Stone. That's great. From uh, Story of the Stone. And she is a bad witch. Uh, Brian. Um, I'm going to go with, um, with Winifred Sanderson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got it. You got it. Yeah. Okay. We got we'll do two more. Nick. Um I mean, you poor unfortunate souls. We gotta go with Ursula. <gasps> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Emily. Let's do Sabrina. Sabrina the teenage. Sabrina witch. the teenage. And then uh Brian, give me one wild card. Uh oh here let's go with um ooh. oh uh let's let let let's let's throw the evil queen in there. All right. Snow White's evil queen. She makes yeah. a potion, that's witchy. Yeah, uh, I was thinking like Nick, Tia Dalma, but let's go there. Nick, you got excited, so who who are you thinking? It was gonna be Raven from Teen Titans. <laughs> Oh, you know great. What? Yes. <clears throat> yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, we had a great Raven cosplayer at one of our one of our shows too and she's been she was one of my favorites. Such a good oh, I love Raven. Too. She's okay. so good. Oh my god. I'm so Raven. Some would so the is <laughs> so well played. All right, the Gauntlet Gauntlet is here. Now it is between Nick and Emily. We'll let Emily go first. And so these are the witches that are battling in a cage match. We have right. Marnie from Halloween Town. Elphaba, Madam Mim, Winifred Sanderson, Ursula, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, the Evil Queen, and Raven from Teen Titans. So, okay. So, Emily, you'll start, and this battle is going on. 
Um, tell us who is the first witch to fall in battle. Oh my gosh. Okay. And how? Give me like a description. Like who and gets how? It? You know, I threw her out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw her down. I think Sabrina will be the first down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really good. Yeah. She's not Sabrina the wise, she's Sabrina the teenage. She just doesn't have the experience. That's no. it mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. who is it? Which of her competitors is the one that took her down? Uh, I, you know, I don't know Halloween Town that well, but, uh, let's say Barney took her down. Yeah, yeah. it's teen on teen violence. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> All right, so Sabrina took out, or Marnie took out Sabrina. Now, Nick, who's the next to fall in this crazy match of witches? Marnie is, of course, classically an Icarus-type figure. She mm. is riding on a high after slaying this teenage witch. She's flown too close to the sun that she does not notice a singular tentacle wrap around her neck and snap quickly as her poor, unfortunate soul ascends into Ursula's cauldron. Yes! Oh, no. All right, Ursula, there you go. Making another vertebrate and vertebrate. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Now, uh, Emily, who is the next witch to fall? Oh, man, you know... I feel like it's the evil queen. I feel like Snow White's evil queen is not actually here to fight that hard. Yeah, she's out there trying to hawk apples to people, yeah. and they're like, that's not a power. They know that game. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. Everybody's using power, and she's like, eat this. And they're like, stop trying to feed us. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you have one trick, apples. lady. Yeah. <laughs> Just pelting apples at people. Yeah, totally. Oh, somebody absolutely says, how do you like them apples as they kill her? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But okay. the but but the evil queen's uh, prop person made a spectacular uh, apple. apple. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's so realistic. One of the extras mm-hmm. tried to eat it. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have four witches who are still in the fray. It's getting crazy there. We have Alphaba, Madame Mim, Winifred Sanderson, and Raven from Teen Titans. Okay. Oh, wait, is Ursula not still alive? Didn't Ursula just die? No, she killed Halloween Town, Marnie. Oh, unless okay. unless she oh, unless yeah. she got eaten. No, no, you're right. Ursula's still alive. I missed that one. Okay, okay so great. Five left. Great. Okay. Well, I think um oh, so I think I think Winifred thinks that she's gonna do a little um put a spell on you so she's in the middle of like a full-on musical number Mm -hmm. um and she does not notice that uh madam mim is behind her and madam mim she can turn into animals right yes yeah she turns into like a a bear and she just she just takes her out madam mim just takes out winifred sanderson she's down we're not getting a hocus pocus three <laughs> it's Dang. like full cocaine bear. Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah, Madam Mim turns into cocaine bear. There it and is. Takes out Winifred <laughs> Sanderson. And I can't think of a better sentence to describe the experience of the fantasy tavern than that <laughs> narration. <laughs> if you want fantasy crossover, you haven't heard of Madam Mim, cocaine bear, and the witches from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> All right, Emily, you still got Elphaba, Madam Mim, Ursula, and Raven from Teen Titans. Fighting oh my back gosh. and forth. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, I think that Elphaba gets like a whiff of this cocaine just wafting from Cocaine Bear mm-hmm. and is just gonna 
hulk out a little bit and she's going to go after she's got to go after Raven. She's the only one <gasps> who's going to fly as high. Listen, oh, there can be only one who defies gravity. Oh. Wow. wow. So it's so it's Azrath, Mentrion, Zinthos versus Elikanamanamanatumatumelikanaman. <laughs> <laughs> And in a shocking turn of events, Raven, who I thought was the dark horse of this whole thing, is out. So we have Elphaba, Madame Mim, and Ursula. What happens next? Um, I think, I think Ursula decides. Oh wait, Elphaba's kind of a sickening vocalist, and I deal in that business. So Ursula pauses the fight and pulls out a large contract for Elphaba, and is like, "Look." I know, I know we're in the middle of something, but I have a feeling we could go into a great partnership. Alphaba says, mm-hmm. what is this? I don't even know what I'm reading. Snaps her broom in half and stabs it into Ursula. Ursula's <gasps> down for the count. Wow. <laughs> her, her, her capitalist nature got the better of her, and Alphaba said, not today, sea witch. And what I, like I find... Ursula died the same way, like, like with like an impalement. Yep. Like, yeah. Very, very nice. Thematic. Oh my god! I could never have called this top two. I gotta say, I, no. my yeah. my my fantasy witch league was was just totally taken. I, this is the magic of Kevin's corner. Elphaba and Madame Mim are now facing off mano y mano. So is this still flying green lady versus cocaine bear druid? Is that what's happening? Here? <laughs> she can become any animal she wants. Yes, but I, I, mean, I mean, as of right now, but no one has changed her form yet. Yeah, she's still cocaine bear. Still cocaine bear unless you change her form. <laughs> Wait, I think I know what Madame Mim changes into. <laughs> Madame Mim, Madame Mim wants to play some psycho mind games with Alphaba, so she turns into a goat and she starts to sing something bad is happening in us. <laughs> and Alphaba has like PTSD, basically. Yeah, so she stuns her. She stuns her. But Emily, I'll leave to you. If you think Alphaba takes it, I'll give you the final move. You decide who puts the finishing blow. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I think she's going to fall for this completely. She's like, yes, I am in your corner. I'm ready to fight for you. Go to the ends of Oz. And Mim's going to take her down. Yeah. Mim's going to take advantage. Yeah. And in the end, there can be only one. And that one... Is Madame Mim. Wow. I did I, not expect that to happen. Never. Wow. With Raven on the board, I couldn't have even expected this top three. No. But like, once once Raven, Raven was out, it could be it was anyone's game. No, it was anyone's I, game. It was it was a shocking. It was very it was very when the front runner goes home on drag race. Like, well, mm. well, there's nothing left Raven, to do. Can't Raven open like a hole into like a deep dark portal place and then just send people there yeah she's literally like part hellspawn she her her dad is actual satan and she got taken out wow i love that and this has been kevin's corner (laughs) 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 wow after you said the drag race thing all i can think of is uh Manila going home because she didn't uh, in all, that All Star season. Yes, when she yes, 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 when yes. She yes. didn't dress her husband up like enough, and like everybody like just like cut her legs down, and it was and then it was anybody's game. Yes, wow. Madam Mim, I would describe as a Naomi Stalls, Naomi Smalls style character. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, real, real upset. Uh, amazing. Okay. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, 
So here, here's a question for you. Um, what's your favorite musical? Man, I am a sucker for Hades Town right now. I am just a sucker for all the folk stuff. So good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, I got to give it to, I love a cartoon. I got to give it to SpongeBob the musical. I think that is the most fun that I have had in a Broadway house in a long, long time. Like, well, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, uh, for a month after that show, when we saw that show, Kevin hired a Foley artist to follow him around the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there was never a better time to be in the Foley industry, to be a performer of the Foley arts. Was, it really was game changing. And then they, ha- I, I always forget like the, the technical name, but like just the way they did like the, like the crazy ball trick of like, like the, like the thing falling to the cake. What is that? Mm. A- a Grubik or Rube Goldberg machine. Thank you. Yeah. Just like that was part of a Broadway show. And then it was like, it was basically like a fun, like thing you used to play on as a kid, but now it's a Broadway set. Yeah. I stand by, uh, I said the Commedia dell'arte was like my thesis project in college. So like stock characters, comic scenarios, all that stuff. And I used to say for years, I was like, it still exists in modern media and it's SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob is an Arlecchino style character. Mr. Krabs is Pantalone. You don't need to know anything else. They all exist. And then as soon as it was on Broadway, I was like, yes, it's exactly that. Literally everybody knows what Mr. Krabs is going to be like when he comes out. You got the masks. Wait. Oh my God. Wait. Podcasts are famously visual medium, but I have to get mine now. I I decided (laughs) to put on my Bologna El Doctor mask. Um, Stunning. Embrace uh, your beard, bro. Uh, uh, but it is our Halloween episode, so do you um, just have a suitcase of comedia masks? Doesn't everybody? Yeah, I do. <laughs> These are like vintage style suitcases that I'm seeing here. I know, I'm so <laughs> These are straight from Venice. Oh, there we go. Wow. Mine's from France. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, we have Spooky Pinocchio and um, the nerd emoji, but Italian. <laughs> See, I'm looking at I'm like, oh, it's the um, the ball, the masquerade ball scene from the labyrinth. Or it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's very that. Oh, these are my without your heartbeat. <laughs> these are my paper faces on parade. <laughs> um, <laughs> fantastic. So. Okay, um, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. If I made you pick like one like sect of nerddom that is your like favorite nerddom sect, what would that be? Emily, I'll let you answer while I um take this tight mask off of my face that I can't hear headphones through. <laughs> okay, take your time. Um, I mean, honestly, I just wrapped up a four-year campaign on DD. Um we got all the way to level 20. It's very, very special. And the whole the whole story involved this ragtag, you know, band of heroes, yada, yada, saving the world, yada, yada, Vecna, yada, yada, rogue with a heart of gold, um, yada, yada, came from a literal floating bubble in a magical land. I don't know. I, I like imaginary shit. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and Munich. I teased it already, but mine is Pokemon. I 
love Pokemon, have loved the franchise forever, ignited my imagination as a kid. And uh, my friend and I will play a game. Speaking of Drag Race, there's a Drag Race show called uh, Fashion Photo Review where they toot or boo the um, looks on the runway. My friend and I play that game with Pokemon and we give the design either a go or a no. Um, and it is just entirely our personalities. I could go on about it for <laughs> ages and ages. I love it. My Brian, what would you say is your your like favorite sect of nerddom? Oh, I don't know. That's so hard. I just love all nerdy things. I know, but you ha- if I, if you had to pick one, um, oh, I think nerdy things. Damn, I don't know. Maybe this is this is so random, and you probably wouldn't have guessed this, but like, I mean, I grew up watching all the James Bond movies, and uh, my bar mitzvah theme was James Bond. And even though I don't, I'm I, like, I'm more into like right now, like Legos and Star Wars and video games and maybe Legend of Zelda is another, you know, I'm an, I'm switching. I'm going Legend of Zelda is my nerdy obsession. That's a good I, one. I took mm-hmm. off work to play Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I beat every game to a hundred percent. I, everything that I do and love is, is Zelda related. And then the other one that I would say that is sort of related um, in terms of like being a world and whatnot, and and I know Kevin loves this too, is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, I oh should have said that. Gosh. I changed my answer. I, <laughs> the other glass I was gonna w- get was I have a, I have a glass for each nation. So I have sure. a water, fire, uh, earth, and air glass. Yeah, that show is that show is pretty incredible. And then, like I uh, over in pandemic, I finally watched Korra, Legend of yes. Korra as well, and I was like, oh, this is like like what i like but now it's like more adult which is like super interesting and mm-hmm. it's such a it's so good yeah i would say I, that, yeah i would say that or x-men like i still as i still love me some x-men oh gay icons all of yeah. them 100 mm-hmm. percent gay icons i love when you meet like a fellow queer and you're like so who is your favorite x-men and why was it storm or gene gray i was like, gonna say storm or Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> so here's an important question is the Baba Duke an X-Men? What? Is that a thing? Well, the Baba Duke is a gay icon. So by oh, the transitive yeah. property, trans <laughs> transitive property. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the Baba Duke would be would certainly be an X-Men. I'm actually okay. really impressed that Nick was able to follow Brian's logic with only knowing you this short amount of I'm I'm fluent in gay word soup. I'm really, I'm really, it's it's a second language. Well, Nick, after this, Nick and I are going to train Pokemon Go trainer codes, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. Um, um, that. That's um, fantastic. Uh, go so for it, Kevin. I was going to say, can you give us like a little tease of like what people can expect from the show? I know you like tease what it was called, the upcoming one, but like, is there like, anything that you can tease that people are to expect. I turn to our music director, Emily Johnson Erday, because I'm only oh entrusted God, with how to run a TikTok. I'm not entrusted with those decisions. <laughs> yeah, we see. Or like, where we... are you in the process? Like, that would be cool to hear about. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, so every show's got a 
a different variety of songs that we pick and choose from. We try to have stuff that is thematic for each month. And we also have some standards that involve some really silly games that we end up playing. We do a lot of making up lyrics on the spot. Um, we specifically play a song called All For Me Grog, which I think is a Ren Fair kind of a standard. I, I knew it from the Ren Fair. It's like Ren Fair, yeah. Irish drinking songs in sort of that world. It's yeah, Emily I, and I's favorite because it's where we sweat the most during the show. And I, I've heard it oh, in... The uh, Rush. <laughs> I've heard it on like Pirate Cruises as well. Yes. Yeah. We dip a lot into Pirate Cruises. We we most shows will have a Drunken Sailor-esque um, song cool. um so like a, a couple shows ago we had what do you do with a dungeon master and that was personally one of my favorites <laughs> one of them great. was seduce all the npcs which was great <laughs> amazing um i can't say uh this is not for necessarily the upcoming show but i can say something we did last christmas holiday spectacular um was that we managed to do uh, an interpretation of the 12 days of christmas in which each section of the audience had to come up with their own verse leading up to it um and we had to remember each one going in which is one of the cool. biggest panic attacks i've ever had on stage because um, <laughs> i play one of our hosty characters so it's a lot of managing the crowd um and it was like Oh, it was like um, eight locked doors, five barrels of potions, seven enemies to lovers, uh, uh, two two goblins kissing, and a partridge in a pear tree. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, this sounds like so much fun. December 2nd? December 2nd. Caveat on the Lower East Side. Tickets are on now. That's amazing. Um, Just for everyone listening, um, I have the... uh, in the description of this episode, um, there is a link to the website in order to purchase tickets. And we'll also link out to the uh, to the Instagram and the YouTube. Um, definitely check out the YouTube for a real feel of, of what's happening. Our YouTube and our TikTok, which I, as social media director, am most proud of. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah. a lot of your shorts are on YouTube, right? Yeah, we 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 like we multi post everywhere, but that. a lot That's of our wonderful. a lot of us comes from um yeah, just I mean every other platform stole from TikTok, so we just ended up leaning very much into that. No, that's yeah. spectacular. And, um, and yeah, for, for other enthusiasts of the banjo, can they expect banjo at this performance? Definitely, okay. that is generally my standard instrument for the tavern. It just brings a a folky, silly feel. Yeah, it's her weapon of choice. I love that. My weapon of choice is uh, a gay little fan like this one. Oh, can you see it? I've got screen screen on. Yeah, we see most of it. Yep. Uh, I like to joke uh, because there's one non-instrumentalist track in the in the tavern. Um, So uh, Emily and the we'll usually have a cast of four. Emily and the two other musicians on stage are heavy on the instrumentalists. um, And then I use my fan as a um, percussion instrument for sure and then somebody will be like oh yeah they're all musicians nick what do you play and i go i play the crowd exceptionally well (laughs) that's such a good answer yeah um and it is so so true that's amazing um if you could have one uh if you could have one broadway character one character from a show on broadway join fantasy tavern for for a month who would you want And they can come as themselves or they could like you could put them in like an elf, you know, character or whatever you want. Yeah, that's so good.
We ask the tough questions here on Broadway. <laughs> no, I'm literally like, wow, I would, I would, I want this to happen. And I want, I want to manifest the right one into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, uh, Squidward J tentacles, um, uh, to come out now and do, uh, I'm not a loser, um, with Emily underscoring on banjo. Um, and maybe we'll like stick some elf ears on him and say that he's, and say that he's a half elf, half, uh, (laughs) octopus. Oh, I love that. That That costume is so incredible. No, it's, I literally just want to see the costume IRL. Yeah, that's fair. So good. I mean, could we literally just have Hades come in the next time? Oh my god! Yeah, that's a great answer. Boy, I would like to have that bassy, bassy bass. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he could take a break from Hell Is Empty. He could come. He could come dip in with us for a minute. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Hades loves loves caveat. He's is a huge fan of caveat. <laughs> we've had Ursula and we've had Cruella DeVille. I mean, we're really, Hades like basically is on the docket. Yeah. <laughs> Collect them all. Yeah. Who played, wait, who played Hades in, uh, in the descendants? Cheyenne oh my Jackson. God. Yeah. Cheyenne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we were all believe that Cheyenne Jackson was her father and, uh, um, Kristen Chenoweth was her mother. <laughs> yeah, wait, who did Kristen Chenoweth play again when she did the evil song? She was uh, Maleficent. Yeah, I'm changing my answer. I want Kristen Chenoweth as Maleficent to right. guest spot at the <laughs> tavern. <laughs> Good answer. Not normal Maleficent. Has to be Kristen. Yeah. Oh my I'm gosh. Like, the gall of being named Maleficent and then naming your child Mal. Yeah. <laughs> led, to, led to a whole franchise worth of unpacking. Oh franchise <laughs> that yeah. launched Dove Cameron you're welcome yeah, and there, you're there's welcome a new America. one coming out with the Brandy Cinderella <laughs> oh yeah oh my god that's right they're gonna have the they're gonna have the, the honestly honestly I don't know why we do the fantasy tavern when Descendants exists if you want high fantasy crossover don't come to our show watch yeah. Descendants by Disney Channel <laughs> yeah you're right you know what you should have stopped listening to this episode an hour ago yeah. we made a terrible mistake um, Watch the <laughs> well, that does that does bring us to the end of our episode. Um, uh, thank you so much for for hanging out with us, talking fantasy tavern. It literally sounds like the most fun ever. Um, you again in the description of this episode, get tickets. Um, follow them on all the social media platforms. Um, Lower East Side caveat: December second. If you're listening to this on Halloween or before December of 2023, December second. But they do it every month, uh, so you can always check out the website that I've linked below, um, and you can always get a ticket to one of their future shows. And may I say one more thing on how fun it is? Yeah. yeah. So feel free to come and bring your friends, bring your adventuring party. But also if you come alone, not to brag, but I know multiple long-term relationships that have started because of people linking Ooh. up at the tavern. And at least two polycules. So can't promise anything for December, but you might be able to find someone for cuffing season. Yeah. <laughs> So then yes. in February, when we do our Valentine's Day show with special guest Cupid, you'll be primed and ready. Oh, yes. yeah. You have to get prepped for it. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the couples. I mean, Banjo is already setting the, like, the scene for it. Oh, it basically is. Yeah, basically Banjo is. is the instrument of romance. Really That's is. why Kermit and Piggy are an iconic couple. Whoa. If Kermit just played normal guitar, that would be a, a deeply uninteresting relationship. <laughs> Yeah, that's an excellent point. 
Can you imagine he pulls out a guitar and the all of America turns their back? Never anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here's uh <laughs> here's Rainbow he, Connection. Yeah. I thought he took Trace with you today. No, Kermit. No. Yeah. <laughs> one quick, Steve Martin. One quick aside. We had we had a show once where we did high fantasy couples, um, and there was a, a bit of a game show aspect to it where people had to guess um what couple we were referring to. And as uh, we were building it, we were like, we really want to make sure we have lots of queer couples, and we make want to make sure we have lots of like really awesome, interesting couples from the fantasy world. So like there was a Legend of Korra couple in there, won't say who, um, but you might know. Um, and then as we were doing it, I go, Okay, well, I have one straight couple on this list. But it's Kermit and Piggy, and one of our cast goes, "Oh, that's a trans couple, first of all. So you like don't have to worry about that. <laughs> They're T for T. They're actually the queerest couple on this list, so you should probably lead with them." <laughs> uh, accurate. That's oh, that's spectacular. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, well, check them out December second or any any month. Um, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, check them out on all social media, the fantasy tavern. Um, I'll link it below. Um, you can follow us wherever you get uh, social media at broad wasted. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, find us on Facebook, uh, join our Patreon where you can actually see the masks that we wore tonight. Yes. Uh, but, uh, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, uh, we end every episode with a quote. You do. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and our uh, quote today is uh, Kevin. Why don't you do the quote today? Okay. Um, <laughs> when you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. That is. I've from, always said that. That is from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Cabbage Song. <laughs> <laughs> my cabbages um fantastic thank you kevin for for doing that i also forgot Love to write a quote so that was very helpful <laughs> <laughs> i don't um, know why i was like think of a quote think of a quote and i heard bing crosby be like what do you worry <laughs> um, um, i'm gonna drop an actual avatar quote and say while it is always best to believe in oneself a little help from others can be a great blessing that's also the cabbage merchant just kidding. That's it's good. not a wire. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I, thought I thought have a quote. quote uh, I thought you were about to quote this song about like the two lovers in the mountain or whatever. Forbidden from one another, a war <laughs> divides their people, but a mountain divides them apart. They built a path to be together, and then I forget how the rest of it goes, but then it goes, Secret, Secret tunnel, tunnel! Secret, Secret tunnel, tunnel! Through the mountain! Secret, 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 tunnel. Secret, 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 Secret Tunnel! tunnel. <laughs> and die but then it's like hades's voice and die oh, yeah. Yeah, i yeah. love that also uh zuko here um yes. <laughs> that's rough buddy that's, that's rough, rough buddy. buddy um but again thank you so much for joining us um but don't forget to um find us wherever you get podcasts that includes spotify that includes apple podcasts rate and review us there five oh, stars please and thank you Uh, Thank the two of you so much for joining us. And happy Halloween, everybody. Stay safe and have fun. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Cheers. Oh, and uh, we always end it with our favorite thing that we say. Cheers. Damn, I almost forgot that. The quote in this. Man, I get these high noons are really, really hitting me. You've never forgotten Zutuwapa before. I know. and And we still have it.
Wait, wait, just a sec. <laughs> Before we let you go, we want to give you a little taste of the musical offerings of the Fantasy Tavern. We want to do one of our favorites. It's called Itches and Me Britches, and it's a little, well, you'll see. Gives us a little bit of info about some of our past romantic spoils, and we'll dedicate this to two characters from the musical theater canon. <laughs> Falling for a witch who's got a face I can't forget Although it's kind of funny, I can't seem to get her wet You'll just think that she's wicked from our love's depravity Cause every time we it's like defying gravity Oh, oh defying, defying gravity. gravity, oh, defying gravity Cause every time we it's like defying gravity Ooh, was your safe word elekonominominatumatum elekonomin? Oh, uh, no, it was something bad. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit about my hookup. <laughs> Get it? Oh. Hookup? You'll understand that in a minute. Oh, once there was a pirate who from crocodiles ran. And let's just say that Peter's not the only one who's pan. Oh, we were high on pixie dust. Some said we'd never land. I made and swab my poop deck and he lost his other hand. Oh, he lost his other hand. Oh, he lost his other hand. I made and swab my poop deck and he lost his other hand. Oh, he lost his other hand. Oh, he lost his other hand. I made him swap my poop deck and he lost his other hand. <laughs> See you at the Fantasy Tavern! Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.